0: This special bonus podcast is called is it inconsistent that God sent his son Jesus Christ to save us but had consequences for some in the books of first and second Chronicles where people died I felt led to do this research because there are some who try to dissuade others from believing in God the Father Son and Holy Spirit because he has punished people over time or some people have died Having read the Bible from cover to cover many times, I wanted to research specifically to see if these consequences were unwarranted as they suggest. To do this research, I will use the New King James Version of the Bible, also known as NKJV, and internet resources as needed. Since the Bible sometimes uses the word him and the word he within the same verse, I will include who is speaking and who is being spoken to within brackets if I determine it's beneficial for clarity. Additionally, I will put my analysis, comments, observations, and conclusions within brackets as well. For those who would like to read this research or previous biblical research projects in their entirety, you can go to either of these two blogs I felt led to create, Biblical Proof, found at HTTPS colon double backslash, Biblical Proof, B-I-B-L-I-C-A-L-P-R-O-O-F dot, blogspot, b l o g SPOT.com or do biblical inconsistencies really matter? You can find that at https colon double backslash biblical inconsistencies, b i b l i c a l i n c o n s i s t e n c i e s dot Note At times, the same event will be in two different books of the Old Testament. In that case, I will analyze that event most often in only one of the books of the Bible, so the research is not repetitious. Also within brackets, I have the thing is, God gives us choices. We can choose to follow him and his statutes, but when we don't, there are consequences. He most often explains what he expects or wants and has prophets that will do this, this for him. But there is always the alternative for those who worship idols live wickedly and lead others astray still within brackets although those listening to this on the podcast can't tell on the blogs i mentioned i will have the portions highlighted in yellow that shows god's compassion and the negative consequences of their choices in green and when they are warned in turquoise also note that god often uses prophets to warn people Of their poor choices but regardless God has already shared the Ten Commandments with his statutes to not worship idols or false gods as well. First Chronicles 5 verses 18 through 20 says the sons of Reuben the Gadites and half the tribe of Manasseh had forty four thousand seven hundred and sixty valiant men able to bear shield and sword and shoot them with the bow and skillful in war and went to war They went to war with the Hargites, Jeter, Shush, and Nodab. And you should know in advance, I just pronounce these the best I can. And I apologize if I don't say them correctly. And they were helped against them. And the Hagarites were delivered into their hand and all who were with them, for they cried out to God in the battle. He heeded their prayer because they put their trust in him chapter 5, verses 25 through 26 goes on to say, and they were unfaithful to God of their fathers and played the harlot after the gods of the peoples of the land whom God had destroyed before them. And just an aside real quick, when it says played the harlot, he's saying that <laughs> that they went to false gods instead of turning to him, to God Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So the God of Israel stirred up the spirit of Pol, king of Assyria, that is Pelaglas-Tileser, king of Assyria, he carried the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh into captivity. He took them to Helah, Hela, Heber, Hera, and the river of Gozen to this day. Within brackets, I have the sons of Reuben, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh went to war, and chose to pray to pray and God rescued them. But later they chose to turn away from God and they were taken captive. captive. And this is an insight again. Um, I've seen this pattern over and over again that God will warn them or they when they turn away from God, and they turn back, he forgives them. But when they turn back their backs on God, then he turns his back on them or they're taken captive or some die because it took more than a naughty naughty when people would go astray after false gods to bring them back to focus on God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And they um, quite often it took a serious consequence for them to turn away from the false gods and worship the true God and then as soon as they did and they uh, sincerely asked God to forgive them then he embraced them and took care of them first chronicles 28 verse 9 says as for you my son Solomon know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind for the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts if you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. So that was the warning. First, the Kings uh, chapter 6, verses 11 through 13 says about the same thing. But as I told you, that if it's the same basic thing, I just analyzed it in one place. And this is the place I analyzed that particular one. Within brackets, I have David forewarns his son Solomon of the choices he has he chooses to follow the Lord, God will be there for him. But if Solomon chooses to forsake the Lord, God will turn his back on him. Second Chronicles 6, verses 24 through 31 says, For if your people Israel are defeated before an enemy because they have sinned against you, and return and confess your name, and pray and make supplication before you in this temple, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel, and bring them back to the land which you gave to them, and their fathers, when the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against you, when they pray toward this place and confess your name and turn from their sin because you afflict them, then hear it in heaven and forgive the sins of your servants, your people Israel, your servants, your people Israel, that you may teach them the good way in which they should walk and send rain to your on your land, which you have given to your people as an inheritance. When there is a famine in the land, pestilence or blight or mildew, locusts or grasshoppers, when there are cities, whatever plague or whatever sickness there is, whatever prayer, whatever supplication is made by anyone or by all your people, Israel, when each one knows his own burden and his own grief and spreads out his hands to this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place and forgive and give to everyone according to all his ways, whose heart you know. For you alone know the hearts of the sons of men, that they may fear you to walk in your ways as long as they live in the land which you gave to their fathers. Chapter 24, verses 36 through 7 goes on to say, 36 through 37 goes on to say, When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin and you become angry with them and deliver them to the enemy, and they take them captive to a land far or near. Yet when they come to themselves in the land where they were carried away captive and repent, make supplication to you in the land of their captivity, saying, we have sinned, we have done wrong, and have committed wickedness. Chapter 24, verse 39 further says, then hear from heaven, your dwelling place, their prayer and their supplications and maintain their cause and forgive your people who have sinned against you. Within brackets, I have at the temple dedication, Solomon tells them their choices. He explains how God will forgive those who have gone astray, but repent and turn back to him, the Lord. He tells them there will be consequences for those who choose not to turn to God, but they can turn back to him and be forgiven second Chronicles chapter 7 verses 12 through 14 says then the lord appeared to solomon by night and said to him i have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice when i shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locust to devour the land or send pestilence among my people if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Chapter 7 verses 17 through 22 goes on to say, As for you, if you walk before me as your father David walked and do according to all I have commanded you, and if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom as I covenanted with David your father, saying, You shall not fail to have a man as a ruler in Israel. But if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot them from my land, which I have given them. And this house, which I have sacrificed for my name, I will cast out of my sight and will make it a proverb and a byword among all peoples. And as for this house, which is exalted, everyone who passes by it will be astonished and say, why has the Lord done this to this land and this house? Then they will answer, Because they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, and embraced other gods, and worshiped them and served them before he has brought out all this therefore he has brought out all this calamity on them. This is about the same thing as first Kings chapter nine verses four through seven. So I have analyzed it here and not there. The within brackets, I have the Lord tell Solomon and the Israelites will have choices. They will be blessed if they choose to follow the Lord and his statutes. But if they choose to turn their back on God and follow up false gods, he will turn his back on them. Second Chronicles 13 verses 8 through 10 where Abiyah says, And now you think to withstand the kingdom of the Lord, which is in the hand of the sons of David. And you are a great multitude, and with you are the gold calves which Jeroboam made for you as gods. Have you not cast out the priests of the Lord, and the son of Aaron, and the Levites, and made for yourselves priests like the people of other lands, so that whoever comes to consecrate himself with a young bull and seven rams may be a priest of things that are not gods? But as for us, the Lord is our God, and we have not forsaken him, and the priests who have will minister to the Lord are the sons of Aaron and the Levites attend to their duties. Chapter 13, verses 12 through 16 goes on to say, Now look, God himself is with us as our head, and his priests with sound incumbents to sound the alarm against you. O children of Israel, do not fight against the Lord God of your fathers, for you shall not prosper. But Jeroboam caused an ambush, to go around behind them so they were in front of judah and the ambush was behind them and when judah looked around to their surprise the battle line was at in both the front and the rear and they cried out to the lord and the priests sounded the trumpets. then the men of judah gave a shout and the men of judah shouted it happened that god struck jeroboam and all of israel before abiyah And Judah and the children of Israel fled before Judah, and God delivered them into their hand. Chapter 13, verse 18 says, Thus the children of Israel were subdued at that time, and the children of Judah prevailed because they relied on the Lord God of their fathers. Within brackets I have, although warned of his choices and the consequences of doing otherwise, Jeroboam chose to lead the Israelites astray to worship gold idols. But God saved those from Judah who were... Chose to worship the Lord who had been ambushed by the wicked Israelites. Second Chronicles 14 verses 2 through 4 says, "Asa, and I have within brackets Abijah's son, did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. For he removed the altars of the foreign gods and the high places, and broke down the sacred pillars and cut down the wooden images. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and observe the law of." And the commandment Chapter 14, verses eleven through twelve goes on to say, and Asa cried out to the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on you, and in your name we go against the multitude. O Lord, you are our God, do not let man prevail against you. So the Lord struck the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah and the Ethiopians Ethiopians. Within brackets, I have Asa chose to get rid of the idols and brought the Israelites to focus on the Lord. And when he prayed to the Lord, God saved him. Second Chronicles chapter 15 verses 1 through 4 says, Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Obed, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time, Israel had been without the true God, without a teaching priest and without law. But when in their trouble, they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him. He was found by them. Chapter 15, verses 7 through 9 goes on to say, But you be strong and do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. When Asa heard these things, heard these words and the prophecy of Oded the prophet, he took courage and removed the abominable idols from all the land of Judah and Benjamin and from the cities which he had taken in the mountain of Ephraim. And he restored the altar of the Lord that was before the vestibule of the Lord. Then he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and those who dwelt with them from Ephraim, Manasseh and Simeon for they came over to him and great number from Israel, when they saw the Lord his God was with them. Chapter 15, verses 14 through 15 further says, Then they took an oath before the Lord with a loud voice, with shouting and trumpets and ram's horns. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart, and sought him, which is God, with all their soul. And he was found by them, and the Lord gave them rest all around within brackets i have the israelites were warned and chose to turn to the lord because they saw that god was with them was with asa who had chosen to rid the land of idols second chronicles 16 verses 7 through 10 says and at that time Hanai, the seer which i have within brackets prophet came to asa king of judah and said to him because you have relied on the king of syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. For the Ethiopians and the Lubim, not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen. Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. And this you have done foolishly and therefore From now on, you shall have war. Then Asa was angry with the seer and put him in prison, for he was enraged at him because of this. And Asa oppressed some of the people at that time. Chapter 16, verse 12 says, And in the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet, and his malady was severe. Yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physician. Within brackets, I have the prophet told Asa, of his choices and reminded him that when he relied on the Lord before God turned his enemies into his hand. but since Asa chose not to rely on the Lord his enemies will escape from him 2nd Chronicles 17 verses 3-4 through 4 says now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the former ways of his father David he did not seek the Baals, but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments and did not and his commandments and not according to the acts of Israel. Chapter 17, verse six goes on to say, and his heart took delight in the ways of the Lord. Moreover, he removed the high places and the wooden images. Wooden images are the false idols from Judah. Chapter 17, nine to 10 further says, though so they taught in Judah and had the book of the law of the Lord with them. They went throughout all the cities of Judah and taught the people, and the fear of the Lord fell on all the kingdoms of the land that were around Judah, so that they did not make war against Jehoshaphat. Within brackets, I have Jehoshaphat chose not to worship idols and helped teach all the cities of Judah the book of the law of the Lord, and God protected them from war. Second Chronicles 18 verse 31 says. And so it was when the captains of the chariot saw Jehoshaphat that they said, It is the king of Israel. Therefore, they surrounded him to attack. But Jehoshaphat cried out, and the Lord helped him, and God diverted them from him. Within brackets, I have God diverted his attack against Jehoshaphat because he chose to cry out to the Lord. Second Chronicles 19. Verses 1-4 through says, Then Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned safely to his house in Jerusalem. And Jehu, the son of Hanai, the seer, and seer is another word for prophet, went out to meet him and said to the king Jehoshaphat, Should you keep the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Therefore the wrath of the Lord is upon you. Nevertheless, good things are found in you, in that you have removed the wooden images from the land and have prepared your heart to seek the Lord. So Jehoshaphat dwelt in Jerusalem, and he went out again among the people from Beersheba to the mountains of Ephraim, and brought them back to the Lord God of their fathers. 19, chapter 19, verse 7 goes on to say, Now therefore let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Take care and do it, for there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, no partiality, or, nor taking, taking uprights. Chapter 19, verse 11 further says, And take notice, Amariah, the chief priest, is over you in all matters of the Lord, and Zebadiah no, Zebadiah, the son of Ishmael, the ruler of the house of Judah. For all the king's matters, also the Levites, will be officials before you. Behave courageously, and the Lord will be with the good. Within brackets I have, God has... Jehu remind Jehoshaphat of his choices and whether he should be helping those who hate the Lord. God did like that he had previously chosen to take away the wooden images or idols. Chapter, no, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 15 through 17, where Zechariah says, and he said, listen, all of you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid, nor dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz. And you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel, J-E-R-U-E-L. You will not need to fight in this battle Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed tomorrow. Go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Chapter 20, verse 20 goes on to say, So they rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoya. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah. And you, inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe His prophets, and you shall prosper. Chapter 20, verses 12 through 24, even further says, Now when they began to sing and praise, the Lord sets ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who commit, who against Judah and they were defeated for the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them and when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir they helped to destroy one another so when Judah came to place overlooking the wilderness they looked toward the multitude and there were their dead bodies falling on the earth no one had escaped Means they didn't even have to lift a finger God had had all this happen and they didn't have to protect themselves God did Okay, chapter 20, verse 30 further says, and the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet for God gave him rest all around. Within brackets, I have Jehoshaphat is told not to worry about the large opposing army because God was with them and was going to allow them to win the war. They chose to trust God and the enemy was killed without them even fighting against them. Second Chronicles 24, verse two says, Joash did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. Chapter 24, verses 17 through 21 goes on to say, now after the death of Jehoiada, the leaders of Judah came and bowed down to the king and the king listened to them. And this is an aside, uh, doing all this research from Different books of the Bible and finding all the times where people have died as a consequence, or when they were warned, and when they turned around to God, and how He had compassion on them. Is there's a pattern over and over again. You know, they're warned, or they have the Old Testament Ten Commandments uh, statutes, but quite often God had um, prophets warn them of what will happen. If, you know, but their their choices. God gives people free choice to believe him, to follow him, or to not. Anyway, so as I was saying earlier, when they would go astray, and then turn to him, he would take them back. But it, it happened a lot that people were followers of the true God. And then when a certain priest died, then they would start following uh, what the neighboring Communities, areas, countries would be doing that, worshiping their false gods, and they would end up copying what they did and get led astray. And God would have a consequence, and so that they would say, What are we doing? You know, it didn't used to be this way. Why not? Oh, yeah, God used to take care of us. Oh, we need to worship Him, and they would turn back. You know, of course, I'm loosely, loosely paraphrasing <laughs> it. Then they would turn back and they do well, and then the Priest would die and then they would go astray again. It just it may not be as many times in this particular books of the Bible, but over time it's kind of got a pattern that quite often when the priest that was leading them to God and helping them stay focused when he died, they would go astray. And forgive me if I I reread something. Therefore they left the house of the Lord, God of their fathers, and stood Served wooden images and idols and the wrath came upon judah and jerusalem because of their trespass this is after in the beginning the death of Jehoiada, the leader of judah came down and bowed to the king anyway i just want to make sure that you remember because i stopped in the middle and talked yet he sent prophets to them to bring them back to the lord and they testified against them But they would not listen. Then the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest, who stood above the people and said to them, Thus says God, why do you transgress the commandments of the Lord so that you cannot prosper? Because you have forsaken the Lord. He has also forsaken you. So they conspired against him, and at that command of the king, they stoned him with stones in the court of the house of the Lord. Chapter 24, verse 22 further says, Thus, Joash, the king, did not remember the kindness which Jehoiada, his father, had done to him, but killed his son. And as he died, he said, The Lord, look on it and repay. Chapter 24, verse 24 went on to say, For the army of the Syrians came with a small company of men, but the Lord delivered a very great army into their hand, because they had forsaken the Lord God, God of their fathers. So they executed judgment against Joash. I really think it had been they had forsaken the Lord God of their fathers. I happen to have two gods in a row there and no commas, so I think I just got carried away in type two. So forgive me. Um, they executed judgment against Joash. Within brackets, they have people to chose to follow the Lord until Jehoiada died. Afterwards, they chose to serve idols and wouldn't listen to God's prophets and killed Zechariah, who was also sent to warn them about their choices. So, as their consequence for their choices, they were turned into the hands of the Syrians. Second Chronicles 25, verses, verse 2 says, And he, Amaziah which is amaziah did what was right in the sight of the lord but not with a loyal heart chapter 25 verse 14 to 15 goes on to say now it was so after amaziah came from the slaughter of edomites that he brought the gods of the people of seir Set them up to be his gods and bowed down before them and burned incense to them. Therefore, the anger of the Lord was aroused against Amaziah, and he sent him a prophet who said to him, Why have you sought the gods of the people, which cannot rescue their own people from your hand? 25 Chapter 25, verse 16, yet says, Then the prophet ceased and said, I know that God has determined to destroy you because you have done this and have not heeded my advice. Chapter 25, verse 27 further says, after the time that Amaziah turned away from following the Lord, they made a conspiracy against him in Jerusalem and he fled to Lachish, but they sent after him to Lachish and killed him there. um, Within brackets, at first, Amaziah chose to follow the Lord, but after slaughtering the Edomites, he chose to bring back their false gods and worship them. Even when warned by a prophet of God, He had the consequence of choosing not to turn back, the consequence for choosing not to turn back to the Lord. Um Second Chronicles chapter twenty six verses four through seven says and he, which is Uzziah, did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all his father Amaziah had done sought God in the days of Zechariah who had understanding in the visions of God. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Now he went out and made war against the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines, against the Arabians who lived in Burbaal, and against the uh, Meunites, M-E-U-N-I-T-E-S. Within brackets I have, as long as Uzziah chose to follow the Lord, God made Uzziah prosper. Second Chronicles chapter 26, verse 16. King says, but when he, which is Uzziah, was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Chapter 26, verse 18 goes on to say, and Nay, which is the priest, withstood King Uzziah and said to him, Is not for you, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense get out of the sanctuary for you have trespassed you shall not have no honor from the lord god then Uzziah became furious and he had a censer in his hand i think it's all a thing where incense goes and there's little holes in it it's like on a stick i think but maybe not and but it has holes in it and the incense comes out um let's see and while he was angry with the priest, leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord beside the incense altar. Chapter 26, verse 21 further says, King Uzziah was a leper until the day of his death. He dwelt in an isolated house because he was a leper, and for he cut off from the ha- for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. Then Jotham, his son, was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. Within brackets, Uzziah chose to go against God's rules, even though he was warned. He chose to be furious instead of sorry for his actions when God had the priest tell him. Only the priests were allowed to offer incense. So his consequence for his choices was to be the leper the rest of his life. Thing is, of course, this is an aside, some of these people know because they had turned to God, and God turned everything around to be in their favor. And all he had to do is say, "I'm really sorry" and repent of his sins. But he didn't. He, was, he just was angry, and then he had the consequence accordingly. Second Chronicles chapter 27, verses 2 through 3 says, "And he, which is Jotham, did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Uzziah had done. Although he did not enter the temple of the Lord, but still the people acted corruptly." He built the upper gate of the house of the Lord, and he built extensively on the wall of Ophel. Chapter 27, verse 6 goes on to say, So Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord is gone. Now the rest of the acts of Jotham, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. Within brackets I have, Jotham chose to follow the Lord, even though the people acted corruptly. He chose to build the upper gate up for the Lord. Second Chronicles chapter 28 verses 1 through 3 says Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. And he did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord as his father David had done for he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel and made molded images for the Baals. And he burned incense to the valley of the son of Hinnom and burned his children in the fire according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. Chapter 25, verse 5, I said it wrong. Chapter 28, verse 5 goes on to say, Therefore the Lord, his God, delivered him into the hand of the king of Syria. They defeated him and carried away a great multitude of them as captives and brought them to Damascus. Then he was also delivered into the hand of the king of Israel, who defeated him with a great slaughter. Chapter 28, verse 9 further says, But a prophet of the Lord was there, whose name was Obed. And he went out before the army that came to Samaria, and he said to them, Look, because the Lord God of your fathers was angry with Judah, he has delivered them into your hand. But you have killed them in a large rage that reached up to heaven. Chapter 29, verse 11 Further says, now hear me, therefore, and return the captives from whom you have taken from your brethren, for the fierce wrath of the Lord is upon you. Chapter 28, verse 19, even further says, for the Lord God brought Judah low because of Ahaz, king of Israel. For he had encouraged moral decline in Judah and had been continually unfaithful to the Lord. Chapter twenty-eight, verse twenty five, yet says, and in every single city of Judah, he, which is the king Ahaz, made high places to burn incense to other gods and provoked to anger the Lord God of his fathers. Within brackets I have Ahaz and the people chose to worship idols instead of God. So Ahaz and the people were captured and delivered into the hands of the king of Israel. Unfortunately, they continue to choose to worship false gods. Second Chronicles chapter 33 verses 1 through 3 says, Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. And he, but he did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. For he rebuilt the high places which Hezekiah his father had broken down. He raised up altars to the Baals, which is the false prophets. And made wooden images, and he worshipped all the host of heaven, and sacrificed, and served them. Um, chapter thirty-three, verses six through eight, goes on to say: Also, he caused his sons to pass through the fire of the valley of the son of Hinnom. He practiced soothsaying and witchcraft and sorcery, and consulted mediums and spiritists. He he did much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. He even set a carved image, the idol which he had made in the house of God, of which God had said to David and to Solomon, his son, in this house. And in Jerusalem, which I have chosen at all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. Sorry, I didn't know if I was on the wrong line, but I wasn't. And I will not... Again, remove the foot of Israel from the land which I have appointed for your fathers only if they are careful to do all that I have commanded them according to the whole law and the statutes and the ordinances of the hand of Moses. Chapter 33, verses 10 through 13 further says, And the Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they would not listen. Therefore the Lord brought upon them the captains of the army of the king of Assyria, who took Manasseh with hooks, Bound him with bronze fetters and carried him off to Babylon. Now, when he was in affliction, he implored the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his father and prayed to him. And he received his entreaty, which is a request, and heard his supplication and brought him back to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. Chapter thirty-three, verses fifteen. Through 18, yet says he, which is Manasseh, took away the foreign gods and the idol from the house of the Lord and all the altars that he had built in the mount of the house of the Lord and in Jerusalem. And he cast them out of the city. He also repaired the altar of the Lord, sacrificed peace offerings and thank God offerings on it and commanded Judah to serve the Lord God of Israel. Nevertheless, the people still sacrificed on the high places, but only to the Lord their God. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh, his prayer to his God, and the words of the seers who spoke to him in the name of the Lord God of Israel. Indeed, they are written in the books of the kings of Israel. I also have within brackets also in Second Kings verses, chapter 21, verses 2 through 33. So I analyzed it here and not there. Okay, within brackets I have Manasseh chose to worship idols and was involved in witchcraft, sorcery, sought soothsayers, and put an idol in the Lord's temple. Chose not to listen when God tried to get him to change his evil ways. So God allowed him to be captured and tortured. Then Manasseh humbled himself and prayed to God and got his request and started worshiping God, although his people continued to worship idols and do wickedly. 2 Chronicles 33, verses 21 through 24 says, Ammon was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned two years in Jerusalem. But he did evil in the sight of the Lord as his father Manasseh had done. For Ammon sacrificed to all the carved images which his father Manasseh had made and served them, And he did not humble himself before the Lord as his father Manasseh had humbled himself. But Ammon trespassed more and more. Then his servants conspired against him and killed him in his own house. That's also reported in 2 Kings chapter 21, verses 20 through 23, but I analyzed it here. and not there. Within brackets, Ammon chose to worship idols and did evil on the side of the Lord, and his servants killed him. Okay, now within brackets I have, how do we know that God so loved the world that he gave his son, Jesus Christ, to save us? Within brackets, I have think about it. How could the exact things done to Jesus be predicted all these hundred plus years before his birth? If it weren't for God, the fathers having prophets write these predictions down to be included in the Bible. God knew that some would doubt, so he left us biblical evidence. So we know Jesus is truly the son of God by fulfilling these predictions. This is a prediction in Psalm from the Old Testament about Jesus being God's son and God letting David know something he will say to his only begotten son Jesus I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me thou art my son this day I have begotten thee that's from Psalm chapter 2 verse 7 the New Testament proof this prediction was fulfilled God hath fulfilled the same unto us their children in that he hath raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee. That's from Acts in the New Testament, chapter 13, verse 33. This is predicting a virgin will bear the Son of God. The Old Testament prediction, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall eat and he shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good for before the child should know to refuse the evil and choose the good the land which thou abhorrest which means hate dislike shall be forsaken on both her of both her kings. that's from Isaiah chapter 7 verses 14 through 16 the New Testament proof of prediction fulfillment now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came She had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. That's from Matthew chapter one, verses 18 through 25. This is a prediction about a plot to betray Jesus, predicting the 30 pieces of silver Judas was given to betray Jesus is used for the potter's field. The Old Testament prediction, And I say unto them, if ye think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price, thirty pieces of silver. And the Lord said unto me, cast it unto the potter, a goodly price that I was, and I have within brackets, priced of them. And I took the thirty pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. That's from Zechariah chapter 11, verses 12 through 13, the New Testament proof of the prediction being fulfilled and they consulted together and brought with them bought with them sorry the potter's field to bury strangers in therefore that field has been called the field of blood to this day then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet saying and they took the 30 pieces of silver the value of him who was prized whom they they have the children of Israel priced and gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed me. That's from Matthew chapter 27, verses 7 through 10. This is the prediction. This predicts Jesus' disciple Judas would betray him. Yea, my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. That's from Psalm chapter 41, verse 9. This is more than just New Testament proof of fulfillment because this particular Bible passage shows God's son Jesus knows full well he is going to be betrayed by Judas. Who else could do that but God's son Jesus? When Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask who it was of whom he spoke. I just want you to know Simon Peter motioned to the Apostle John, not John the Baptist. John the Baptist had been beheaded sometime before this. But this is the Apostle John, and he often talks about himself in third person. And he also says the disciple that Jesus loved. Then leaning, okay, I want to make sure I read it all. Simon Peter therefore motioned to him, which is John, the Apostle John, to ask who it was of whom he spoke. Then leaning back on Jesus's breast, he, which is the Apostle John, said to him, which is Jesus, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. Having dipped the bread, he, which is Jesus, gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon now after the piece of bread satan entered him which is judas then jesus said to him what you do do quickly but no one at the table knew for what reason he had said this to him for some thought because judas had the money box that jesus said said to him buy those things we have we need for the feast or that he should give something to the poor having received the piece of bread which is Judas then went out immediately and it was night that's John 13 verses 21 through 30. More New Testament proof of the prediction fulfillment. And while he which is Jesus was still speaking behold Judas one of the twelve with a great multitude with swords and clubs so these are all the soldiers came from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now his betrayer, which is Judas, had given them a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him. Immediately he, which is Judas, went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. But Jesus said to him, which is Judas' friend, Why have you come? Then they came and laid hands, the soldiers came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. As for Matthew 26, verses 47 through 50. This predicts that Jesus will be beat and spit upon before they crucify him. The Lord God hath opened mine ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting, for the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. That's from Isaiah, chapter 50, verses 6 through 7. Then uh, the New Testament proof of the prediction being fulfilled. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. And they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plated a crown of thorns, they put it on his head upon his head and a reed in his right hand and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him saying hail king of the Jews and they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head and after that they mocked him they took the robe off him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him that's from Matthew chapter 27 verses 26 through 31 Jesus knew he would have go through oh within brackets i have jesus knew he would have to go through all of this in order to save us from our sins so that we could we believers could have salvation in heaven with him someday if it were me and i knew people were going to spit on me and mock me and beat me it would have been a real game changer but jesus went through all of this for us anyway knowing all of this in advance Next is predicting bystanders would divide Jesus' clothes and cast lots for his coat. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. That's from Psalm chapter 22, verse 18. The New Testament proved of the prediction fulfillment. Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them and for my clothing they cast lots. That's from Matthew chapter 27, verse 35. This predicts the piercing of Jesus' hands and feet when they nailed them on the cross. For dogs have compassed me, an assembly of the wicked have, has within brackets enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. That's from Psalm chapter 22, verse 16. The New Testament proof of the prediction being fulfilled. This is the same day Jesus arose from the grave, but it's not in the morning. This is in the evening when he went into the... I think of it as a cabin in my head, but I don't really know. It's a building where they were gathered that evening. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened, and suppose they had seen the spirit. And he, which is Jesus, said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do you doubt to arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. That's from Luke chapter 24, verses 36 through 40. Hundreds of years before Jesus was born, it was predicted that Jesus would, what Jesus would say on the cross when he died for our redemption. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me in from the words of my roaring? That's from Psalm chapter 20, 22, verse 1. The New Testament proof. This verse was fulfilled as in Matthew chapter 27, verses 45 through 46. Now, from the sixth hour until the ninth hour there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, Lama sabachthani?" That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Predicting Jesus would not. Suffer corruption, in other words, his body wouldn't rot. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to seek corruption. That's from Psalm chapter 16, verse 10. The fulfillment of this verse is in John 20, verses 25 through 29, when Jesus shows himself to the disciples the second time after rising from the grave. The other disciples therefore said to him, which is Thomas, We have seen the Lord. So he, which is Thomas, said to them, Unless I see his hands in the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails, and I put my hand into his side? I will not believe. And after eight days, so this is a whole other time, eight days after Easter, um, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he, which is Jesus, said to Thomas. Reach your finger here and look at my hands, and reach your hands here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Within brackets, I I have. You've heard all these predictions of Jesus being the only begotten Son of God, his birth, his betrayal, death. And resurrection and the fulfillment of these here are some additional noteworthy passages so you're not led astray by those who would lo- try to dissuade christians from believing in god the father son and holy spirit jude forewarns us of those trying to lead believers astray from the love of god and jesus christ descent jude the servant of jesus christ and brother of james them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied beloved when I gave all diligence to write unto you all the common salvation of the common salvation it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained this condemnation ungodly men turning the grace of our god into lasciviousness and denying the only lord god and our lord jesus christ that's from jude chapter one verses one through four so to paraphrase some of that is that there are people who seem to be um, followers of jesus but they really take Jesus' life, the Word of God, and they twist it around to make it what they want, and they really lead people astray. The next is Jesus Christ, God's Son washed our sins from us when he died and arose from the dead. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever amen that's from Revelation it's really the revelation of Jesus Christ um chapter 1 verses 5 through 6 Jesus tells this is within brackets that Jesus tells John the book of Revelation is, In the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ, they should stay strong, hold fast and repent because Jesus comes like a thief in the night and believers and defiled shall walk in white with him. And Jesus will not blot out their names from the books of life, but will confess their name to God, the father, and they should focus on what the Holy Spirit says to the churches. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white, which is like clothing, garments, and and it symbolizes being pure. I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. And he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches." That's from the Revelation. Of Jesus Christ, chapter 3, verses 2 through 7. Within brackets, after all my research analysis, I have determined that it is very consistent that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to save us, but had consequences for some people's choices where they die. God gives them and us choices. If we worship the Lord God and follow his statutes, he will provide for us and support us. But if we choose to turn our backs on him, He will turn his back on us. Of course, as Christians, that doesn't mean that we get to have steak every night or the desired job we want. But God will be there with us through the good things and through the bad. Much. Within brackets, still much the same as it says in Deuteronomy 7:16. Also, you shall destroy all the peoples whom the Lord your God delivers over to you. Your eyes shall have no pity on them, nor shall you serve their gods, for that will be a snare to you. So God tries to take away any things that would lead people astray. Sometimes He has to go the more drastic um, measures to do that because. When the people were left to their own will, they ended up copying the people in the surrounding areas and, and following the false gods and doing all kinds of abominable acts. Why, uh, within brackets, why is it significant that God gave his only begotten son to save us? Romans 6, chapter, chapter 6, verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. First John chapter 4 verses 9 through 10 says, "In this the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him in this in this love not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or substitute for our sins." First Peter 1 verses 17 through 21 says, "And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, Conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus of Christ as a lamb without blem- blemish, without spot. He indeed, was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you who through him believe in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Within brackets, I have not only do I base my analysis on all the predictions about Jesus in the Old Testament and the fulfillment in the New Testament, but also on the following Bible verses. When he, which is Jesus, had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove alighting upon him, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. That's from Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan, which is the Jordan River, and immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting. And the spirit descending upon him like a dove then a voice came from heaven you are my beloved son in whom i am well pleased That's for mark chapter 1 verses 9-11 this is an aside you might think jesus are almost the same that's because yeah they are almost the same i have it in here so you can see there are different people that saw and heard these things and then there are some who uh who interviewed eyewitnesses and recorded that information for them and so that you can see over and over and over again there are different people that saw the different things jesus did and said and do they say it exactly the exactly same it says this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased and then that, that was in matthew and and mark it says you are my beloved son in whom i am well pleased well it's almost the same thing all people paraphrase things according to their words, their viewpoint of how they see it, from where they're standing, their position and seeing things, and they put it in, in 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 different ways according to the who they are. I mean, if two or three people saw something today, they'd all say it in a different way. If you interview them privately, which is actually uh, more proof that it truly did happen, if you watch any of the Jay Warner Period. Warner Wallace videos. He uh, is a cold case detective from LA and he analyzes the Bible and and Jesus' life and different happenings in the Bible, just as he would evaluate a cold case to see if they are valid. And he's found they are. And and you should watch his videos, they are so amazing. Anyway, so that's why I have all these things so that you can hear from the different points of view, but basically they're pretty much the same. And some will say more like the one from Mark talks about how they had um, just come up from Nazareth of Galilee and tells the name of the river, but the other one didn't. You know, it's just some people have more information, some have less. And then there's people like possible John who sometimes doesn't list certain things because in my opinion, from every all of my researches, and from things he says, the last couple of verses of chapter twenty-one, John twenty-one, no John, John twenty, and John twenty-one, are that there's so much that Jesus did. If we wrote it all, you wouldn't be able. There would not be enough books to write all the things that Jesus did and said. So my interpretation from all the research I've done is that if he thinks things were adequately adequately recorded he doesn't add them to but if he thinks something else needed to be added he might add that or he might tell stories he didn't think somebody else mentioned I don't mean stories but the recording of events anyway I need to get back and focus okay when all the people were baptized it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized and while he prayed the heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him and a voice came from heaven and said you are my beloved son, and you I am well pleased. That's from Luke chapter 3, verses 21 through 22. And John, and this is John the Baptist, bore a witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him, which is Jesus. I did not know him, but he, which is God the Father, who sent me to baptize with the water, said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Again, the next day, John, which John the Baptist, did with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. That's from John chapter 1, verses 32 through 36. At Jesus's transfiguration before he's betrayed while he was speaking behold a bright cloud overshadowed them and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased hear him that's from Matthew chapter 17 verse 5 cloud came and overshadowed them and a voice came out of the cloud saying this is my beloved son hear him this is from mark 9 verse 7 While he, which is Peter, was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were fearful as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son. Hear him. That's from Luke 9, verses 34 through 35. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, oh, Jesus is saying, Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again John 12 verses 27 through 28 for we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ but were eyewitnesses of his majesty for he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased that's from second Peter Chapter 1, verses 16 through 17. Remember John 3, 16 through 21, where Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That they may that they have been done in god within brackets i have my advice to you is to follow jesus the light of the world that can lead believers to salvation in heaven with him someday it doesn't matter what you've done in your life how terrible or corrupt it could be or not god forgives all of us and you heard in in this podcast that how people would to the most terrible things and then they would turn back to Jesus and well they turn back to God they didn't not all of them understood about Jesus but you turn them back to God that God is trying to God and they would say I'm sorry and he would just turn back bring them back in and he would take care of them and be with them again we don't have steak every night we don't get the jobs we want necessarily but the thing is, He's with us through the thick and the thin. He's there with us through the pandemic and not. All we have to do is tell Him, Jesus, tell me, I believe you're my Savior. You say whatever. There's no no specific words. You don't have to say it out loud. You don't have to read a formal thing. You don't have to sign a paper. You don't have to be in front of any kind of minister. You just say it in your heart to God. That's all you have to do. That He is the Lord and Savior, and He can lead you to the light. You can join Him in Heaven someday which is a pretty wonderful thing. I would like you to understand how I relate the Bible to my life or the things I've read, the movies I've watched, things I've seen, videos, or how I make connections to things in the world. When I'm reading the Bible, I reflect on it. The example is uh, Matthew 7, verse 1. Judge not that ye be not judged. One time I belonged to an organization, and they had a new member. And I didn't think that person seemed like a very very nice person, so kind of stayed away and watched from a distance over different meetings. And it turned out that that person was really, really nice. And I had judged them by first impressions. They might have been shy or, or something else which made them seem aloof but they were nice and they befriended other people in the organization and they were a real asset to the group. And it makes me think of how that was a shallow decision on my part to judge. And it helped me reflect more when I meet new people to be more open. Additionally, and when I apply these things to my life, sometimes I'll think now do I want God to judge me that way? Do I want other people to judge me that way? And So I reflect on these things, and it gives me a deeper relationship to the passages I'm reading, and it feels much more personal to me. And I realize that you will apply passages you're reading to your life and the things that you know about the world or things you've read or movies or videos or TV that you've seen. These are just an example to make it easier for you to make those connections. Also, these podcasts will be coming out on Wednesday and Friday. Thank you for joining us at Relate to the Bible. I look forward to you joining us next time where you will hear more examples of how you can relate the Bible in ways that are especially meaningful to you.